time, it is always good um, to go back to the things that we have said in this place. So yesterday, we began this journey of, not yesterday, we started on Saturday, where we began this journey of me, um, I mean, the, the, the whole prayer ring is the dawning of a new day. And so we began to teach about what, what it means to be in a new day. And um, I began to teach about the regulations of a new day. And we talked about um, from Genesis 1, excuse me, from Genesis 1 where we saw Jesus and God in Genesis 1 verse 3. Um, we saw the beginning of creation when darkness covered the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And we noticed that the sun and the moon was not created until verse 15. And I began to teach about how um, the regulations of um, life, as it were, is not necessarily governed by the sun and the moon and the stars. God put them in the heavens to govern seasons, yes. But you then realize that the light by which God created and the light by which God established his government was not the light of the sun and the moon. And when you begin to look at the darkness in itself, as a matter of fact, that darkness that was spoken about was not necessarily um, darkness in terms of you know how we know um, for there to be the absence of light but it comes from the Hebrew word Chazak uh, or it's pronounced as Kazak Kozak Hebrew is not my first language um, it's a primitive root word which means to be dark as withholding light but um, it also means um, to like darken um, to be black, um, to make something darkened, dim, or to hide a thing. Um, it's also a verb. So when it says, and the darkness covers the face of the earth, it wasn't just a now. It was actually a verb. So it was an action um, that was happening. It was a living, breathing activity that was going on. So when it says darkness covered the face of the earth, it wasn't like you enter a room and you turn off the light. That's not the darkness that it was talking about. It actually means for there to be activity of darkness and darkening and an absence of light. So it was almost like an entire government that was running the fallen earth as at that time. It says it's a verb that means to be dark, to grow dim, to make a thing black or to make a thing obscure. So it says um, the primary meaning of the word is to darken. Um, da, 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 da. So the covering of the earth. So it actually means to obscure a thing, to sully a thing, um, sully of wisdom by foolishness, the act of concealing from view. You know, um, exactly the act of concealing from view. Then poetically, the word denotes the change in one's countenance in response to abject fear or distress so when you think about it what was on the earth was not oh oh there's no light the, you know the power has gone out no that wasn't what was on the earth it was an activity of darkness to obscure the earth to obscure the will of god to um solid the wisdom of god on the earth so when we speak about darkness invading the earth or darkness invading the kingdoms of the earth or darkness invading the life of a person um what we're actually talking about there are different levels of the existence of darkness so there is the level there is the obvious level where it's a case of things are going bad things are falling apart by the time it reaches that level of it's affecting affecting 
your life and it is obvious just know that darkness has taken root the first infiltration of darkness is not usually obvious the first infiltration of darkness is that it begins to um number one infiltrate the wisdom of god in your life it begins to infiltrate your manners your habits your thought patterns um the way you reason the way you evaluate um the things you judge as wise and the things you judge as foolish when darkness begins to invade the life of a minister you begin to think that you can you know stretch the boundaries of god's grace you begin to think that you know there are no penalties for sin you begin to think that you can edit the assignments that god gave to you with certain specifications you begin to think you can edit it according to convenience you know these are the infiltrations of darkness in the life of a person but so what is he doing he is making um small and light the wisdom of god when the prince of darkness entered into the life of eve how did it manifest itself it manifested itself in the form of a covenant in, sorry in the form of a conversation it manifested itself in the form of darkening the counsel of god this is why when job's friends were speaking to job in the book of job and they began to say all kinds of things and even job himself began to respond in a way that if you read it you think wow this is why god had to appear to job to say who is he that darkened counsel who is the one that speaks these words you know and god began to say now answer me like a man and god began to readdress the things that job and his friends had addressed and began to bring the the divine perspective to the matter because every time that humanity and divinity agree upon a particular matter and it is not in alignment with god's government humanity has given that dark divinity access into the world to come and establish darkness every time humanity agrees with a mindset that is not in alignment with god's government that humanity has given access to darkness to come and invade the earth so the moment that eve agreed with satan and said you know maybe truly you know i shall not surely die or maybe truly he did not really say that i should not touch it automatically what happened was that eve had given access to the kingdom of darkness to enter the world and to overthrow the intentions of god on the earth so you need to begin to understand how death and destruction entered this world so when we speak about darkness we're not just speaking about the obvious absence of light it begins foundationally with the invasion of with the wisdom of god being invaded and perverted with the perspective of foolishness of darkness you know and so when that begins that is the first beginning and the next thing that begins to happen is that um darkness in the next level of its manifestation it first evades wisdom and the next level is that it begins to make obscure and so part of what begins to happen is almost like um uh, it's almost like an overshadowing and almost like an eclipse and so darkness begins to eclipse um that particular person that particular vision that particular initiative and so what you then realize is that the person goes um from being um an issue who is the first son who carries the promise into becoming a side story a sidebar in the generations of the earth and imagine being born the first son of um, Isaac and Isaac was the son of Abraham you will think that the one who was the first among the two that came out would be the one that will carry the blessing 
And so in the initial stages, you see Esau accelerating. He is the one that goes out. He's the hunter. He marries. He gives birth to children. While Jacob is just there at home, I'm sure if you looked at the both of them, you would think, ah, this Jacob is so irresponsible. What is he doing at home? Look at his brother. His brother has gone out. His brother has gotten a job. His brother has wife, has children. This Jacob, just lazy boy, just sitting at home, lazy man. But as the story progresses, you the progresses, you begin to see that Esau is made obscure and Jacob becomes the prominent figure in the story. So one of the manifestations of the of darkness is when it begins with foolish thoughts, foolish perspectives perspective it begins to corrupt the wisdom of god begins to corrupt the pathways of values and virtues and the landmarks of truth and righteousness the next level is obscurity that we should have been prominent that we should have been true that we should have been powerful that should have been been the manifestation of grace and glory begins to to to, to be made obscured you know and then the third manifestation is when you now see actual darkness and you begin to see the manifestation in the form of the person that before was enjoying good health and life you then begin to realize that that person is falling sick every moment and the next thing you hear that oh an accident has happened the next thing you hear that their business has crumbled the next thing you see this is how darkness manifests itself there are different levels but it must begin with an infiltration that darkened counsel and so you look at um the life of job job did not arrive at losing his son his children everything in one day by mistake he did not arrive at that level of great destruction in a moment the bible says that the children of job would often sin against god and the children of Job will have parties and you know all those things and the bible says that job will go and offer up sacrifices it says in case in their parting and in case in the life that they live they have sinned against you god i am offering up this offering to say please you know forgive them don't let the consequences come upon them so there was already an infiltration of darkness in his household job as a man was righteous job as a man stood before god blameless and this is why when the things that happened happened job's life was not taken out because there was no justification for the killing of job there was no justification for the taking out of Job in himself because before God he was a righteous man and was in right standing but his children could be touched the inheritance the wealth the money and these things could be touched why because there was already the breaking of a hedge and so you need to understand that by the time it reaches the point of destruction and the obvious manifestation of brokenness know that there are many things that have gone on underneath Know that there are different levels of activities that have happened before you can see the obvious destruction. Are we together this morning praying? Great. So um, I began to speak about, you know, that darkness, because this is the darkness we see in, thank you, Kate, for being responsive. So for, because this is the darkness that we see in Genesis 1, um, verse 3, verse, uh, and the Lord began to say, let there be light. So I'm explaining what that darkness was that was going on. Because remember, Satan had fallen from heaven. Lucifer had fallen from heaven. And he had fallen. And the Bible says, and woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And so the moment he fell, a woe followed him. And it was the curse of darkness eclipsing the earth that then 
and wars. And so when God came, what did God see? This government of darkness, this obscurity of the destiny of the earth, of the people of the earth, of that whatever it was that existed there, and destruction and water had covered the face of the deep. And then God said, let there be light. Actually, God did not say, let there be light. In the original Hebrew text and the way it was written, God said, light be. So God called for a new government. God called for a new reign. God called for a fresh existence. He just said, light be, light become. That was what happened. And um, you, you, you see that it was from that light that God began to create all the things that he created. And you begin to see trees and you know things coming out of the ground and coming out of the air and division of the firmament and all of that happening. It was not until many verses later that God then created the sun and the moon. And so I began to teach about in the dawning of a new day how we must keep our eyes as believers as sons of Elohim upon the fact that our new day does not beckon because the sun rises and says it is a new day or because the moon rises and says it is a new day we are governed by the light of God we are governed by the light of his will we are governed by the light of his throne we are governed by the light of the kingdom of zion we are not governed by the sun and the moon and i began to teach about the regulations of the sun and the moon and how the sun and the moon regulates you know work and life and planting and you know nine to five and give birth to children you are not you know 21 years old it's time to get married these are the normal cycles of life you know and i was saying that you know, in all these dark religions, they usually use the sun and the moon, you know, to, to, to curse people, to cast hexes and spells. But we who dwell and operate from a realm above it, we are not governed by that. And so yesterday we began to teach about, you know, um, different, reg you know, the different things, the different participators, you know, in the dawning of a new day. And we spoke about the participation of the word of the Lord and how God gives his word. And I began to describe the different, you know, kinds or levels of the word of God and how God can give his word which is sovereign and cannot be stopped and god can give his word um which requires the participation of men and if men do not participate the word may not come to pass and i began to speak about how men also have to participate by faith and men have to participate in their actions you know and all of that and then we now talked about the participation of creation and how creation also has to participate um, when, whenever the, there is a move of God's spirit. And then we now talked about the participation of angels. And so I began this teaching on angels and the angelic hosts and, you know, the powers of the angelic um, hosts and the presence of angels. And so the thing about... And yesterday, you know, we looked at how different seasons, different dawnings of the new day was usually announced in scriptures by angels. We looked at the announcement of John the Baptist, the forerunner of the ministry of Jesus. We looked at the announcement of Jesus' birth himself and how the shepherds, how the angels announced to the shepherds. We looked at um, bam, 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 angels' announcements. John the Baptist, Jesus, Pastor Stephanie. What else yesterday? Um, there are different things we looked at yesterday when I was talking about angelic announcements. Let me see if I can remember. Can somebody help me? Um, at the resurrection of Jesus, where um, angels announced the resurrection of Jesus. Um, angels um, um, spoke to them at the ascension of Jesus, you know, at the birth of Jesus, the announcement of John the Baptist, announcement to Mary. So um, there were different times when you know exactly thank you shakina 
um, the birth of Samson. Thank you, Chica. Oh, well done. Um, we looked at Daniel's prayer. Don't like my hair. I see people that were following me. Sito Abasi. Uh, well done. Um, Joshua. Exactly, Pastor Bambi. Well done. You know, yesterday we, Barnabas. Um, well done, well done. Exactly. Mudupe. Aha. So you guys are with me. So we talked about, um, uh, you know, Joshua, you know, um, at the battle and how Joshua um, was, you know, saw the angel with a sword drawn. And the angel said, I'm not for, I'm not neither for you, I'm neither for um, Jericho, but I'm, I'm for who is for the word of the Lord. And yes, Jumoke, thank you. And I said today, we're going to talk about, yes, we actually touched on the hierarchy of angels. Um, thank you, Jumoke. We talked about the archangels. We talked about different kinds of angels, but let's go a little bit deeper today. Um, because in the dawning of a new day, there is a participation of angelic hosts. And so, uh, an, an angel is basically an heavenly um, spiritual being, a divine messenger. Um, and is sent as an agent, as an ambassador, as an emissary of God. And angels conduct business on behalf of God in the affairs of men. So, they conduct business on behalf of God in the affairs of men. So, angels do not operate based on their own will they do not operate based on what they desire as a matter of fact the angels that did that we see how in scriptures the bible um speaks about how the angels that left their original estate in the book of jude it says how they have been locked up you know to be judged on the day of judgment um that maybe at another that point, in fact, I was going through my notes amongst the things that I said we we're going to teach in the beginning of the year. Angels was part of the things I promised you guys in January. Um, and I, I saw in my notes, another thing I saw in my notes was the different compartments of hell. And I and I saw I had done some notes on it. And I said, well, maybe next month's prayer rain or maybe some at some time this year. But, you know, there are different levels in hell and there are different types of compartments in the in the underworld that was mentioned you know we know that Gehenna was mentioned we know that hell is mentioned the lake of fire you know Tartarus you know so Sheol so there are different levels in the in the belly of the earth um, that is mentioned and the different levels speak about different places um, where souls have been locked up and held um, awaiting judgment you know so the, those angels that left their original estate that operated based on their own will i'm talking about the one of the ones that were deceived by lucifer so there is the one third of the angels that were deceived by lucifer in heaven and they fell with him to the earth but remember they also spoke about it says and they saw the sons of men that the daughters of men were beautiful and they came and they slept with them and they gave birth to another breed of people on the earth which we have known for a while as nephilims and we know that the original flood that god caused to overwhelm the earth in the time of noah was also to take out these um not fully human you know hybrid of humanity now you need to understand um it's almost like a story. It's almost like a, a plot. It's almost like a, a movie that you are in the midst of this whole movie that is playing out in creation. So the things that happen in your life are not randomly occurring. The weight of assignment upon your life is not because God wants to give you followers. It's actually because you are standing in the middle of a battle. So it is, in, 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 it is necessary for you to understand the different things that have gone on in the past, in the present, and will happen in the future so that you can rightly put 
position yourself. And so all of these things happened in the time of Noah. And when the Bible began to speak about God finding a righteous man, it wasn't just in the act or in the deeds of Noah. It was also in the purity of his bloodline and the purity of his genes and the fact that he was a, a bloodline that was not corrupted, you know, and you understand why Satan did what he did because the Bible says in the book of Genesis three and the Lord began to speak to Satan and he says, um, and he spoke to the woman. He says that the, 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 the seed of the woman, he says, and the serpent will come after the heel of the woman. Make sure you go back and watch everything that I taught when I taught about overcoming the system of the serpent and the scorpion. I taught about the serpent coming for the heel of the woman, the feet of the woman. He says, um, he says, and the serpent will um, go after her heel to bite her heel. He says, but the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And I began to explain the concept of the head and how the head speaks about authority, dominion, leadership, glory, power. <clears throat> and the head of the serpent is not just the head of a snake. It's speaking about the authority, the glory, the power of the entire satanic system and the entire dark, darkness system by which darkness operates, the strategies of darkness, by which it infiltrates on the level of individuals, on the level of um, government on the level of kingdoms it says and the, the the seed of the woman so the woman is going to give birth to a child that has the capacity to take down the entire infrastructure of darkness so from that moment satan began to look at the seed of the woman and remember <clears throat> It did not say the seed of the woman and the man. It was specific, the seed of the woman. So, so Satan understood that whatever that child is going to be, that child is, the, 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 the whatever fertilizes the woman is not going to come from a man. So he knew that that seed that is going to be able to bruise his head is going to come from the, from the fertilization of the divine because it's not going to have the participation of the man because it's going to be the seed of the woman. So from that moment, Satan began to go after the woman, number one, because if you look at both genders, the woman is the most attacked. Let's just put it on one side. And then also the seed of the woman. So you then see that many verses after the Satan tried to attempt to do that, to corrupt the seed of the woman so that even if God now chooses to fertilize by his divine, to fertilize the womb of the woman, the seed that will come forth will no longer have the pure human DNA. It will now be corrupted by the DNA of a fallen angel so that God can no longer produce the pure seed that is a combination of the woman and the divine. So that whole act of angels coming to sleep with the daughters of men was an attempt for Satan to actually break God's original agenda, God's original plan to be able to produce an uncompromised seed that, that is a combination of the, of the woman's humanity and the divinity of God that has the capacity to take down the infrastructure of darkness so satan was attempting to stop all of that and we see that that happened um through a breed of angels it's called the sons of god beniel is what is what the name is ben means sons el means elohim beniel the sons of god you know they they, they so the city corruption the bible says these angels who left their original estate how they have been locked up awaiting judgment for what they did so angels do not move by desire that's why the bible says there are no there's no marriage in heaven they came to jesus they said hey this woman 
has married, you know, her first husband died, married the next brother, married the next brother. She has not married five of them. When she gets to heaven, who is going to be her husband? I just like, uh, what are people talking about? When she gets to heaven, this is not the conversation we're going to be having because there is no marriage in heaven. You're going to be like the angels who neither marry nor are giving out in marriage. So there is a level of that nature of desire that is conquered in the angelic host. There is a level of that nature of desire that should not, does not exist among the angels because their commission is not procreation. Their commission is not multiplication. Their, their commission is not to increase. Their commission, that's not their commission. Their commission is to act on behalf of God. Their commission is to transact and to do business with humanity on behalf of God. So every time that there is an engagement with God's throne and there is an engagement with heaven, there's usually angels involved in the transaction because that is their commission. I hope we're still together, guys. Because that, that is their commission. So you, you need to begin to understand um, all of these things. So that if tomorrow you see somebody who looks beautiful and powerful, glowing with light, and enters your room and tries to sleep with you, and you know says, I'm the angel of the Lord, rebuke it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because that's not the commission of the angels. They don't do that. They should not have such desires. The ones that do are corrupted, fallen angels, demons, that masquerade themselves in the form of light. Now, so they conduct business on behalf of God in the affairs of men, number one. So angels may be stationed as territorial rulers, you know, or despot in countries and nations as their spiritual power and authority. So they usually rule over regions. So it's not like no angel can just say, you know what, I, I just want to go and visit uh, uh, Pastor Stephanie and just leave the place is positioned. Angels work based by territory. Do you understand? Regions, countries, nations. And so many times when you are crossing over um, 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 different nations or different lands, you know, people tend to, and so there are different categories of angels actually. So there are those that work with people, you understand, individuals. But I'm also talking about in terms of governmental structure, they are the angels that work with territories and nations, you know. And so you begin to see things like that happening when, um, you know, you see in the book of Daniel. As we go further, you will see different instances. But you see how when um, Gabriel was speaking to Daniel, he says, and Michael came to help me. He says, even Michael, who is your spirit prince so based on the commission of daniel in that time and based on the assignments that daniel had he had such an engagement with michael that michael was actually the one working with daniel because daniel had a generational territorial assignment that required the backing of an archangel's assistant we'll get there so angels usually work with territories countries nations and all of this determines like the power by which they work. Now, so when we are going on assignments, for example, and I'm going into nations, part of the things that I ask for is collaboration with the angelic host that stand guard over the gates of that land. Because I understand that you, you, you cannot enter a place until the gates of the place are lifted up to you. Now, who does the heavy lifting of the gates? God doesn't come down to lift the gates. It is the angels that work and transact on behalf of God. Now, do I make a habit of speaking to angels? No. Because I speak to God. 
and God speaks to the angels. It is not my work to be doing that. I hope people understand what I'm saying. So that's where people get into divination. Because if you don't understand government, the government of the heavens, you are bound to enter into divination. Because divination comes by a deception of Satan. He deceives you and um, works on your lust for spirituality and pulls you into a, the spirit realm, but using a backyard door that is anti-government. And so once you are taking a part that is anti the governmental system of God, you have entered into divination. So this is how people who, you know, you want to go to club, you want to party, you want to live life the way you want to live life. But at the same time, you want to touch the holy things. At the same time, you want to know the future. At the same time, you want to be able to enter the spirit. When people are not ready to pay the price of consecration to access spiritual truths, they are bound to take back doors into the spirit realm. And when you take back doors into the spirit realm, you have entered into the spirit of divination. Now, the spirit of divination will show you things in the divine well, in the divine divine realm. They will show you things. They will open your eye. But the only problem with divination is that Divination is going to hold you captive to Satan. Divination is going to hold you bound. And because you don't know what the government of that realm is, they will tell you all kinds of things that are, that are really not. And it will pull you. And this was what happened to Saul. You begin to see a Saul who was called by God, anointed by God. In the day that Saul was anointed, someone said to him, when you move in this direction, you're going to go upon the, the garrison of the Philistines. Blah, 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 blah. You see a group of prophets. When they pass, you will prophesy with them and you will become a new man. Saul began to prophesy to the point that they say, ah, ah, has Saul become one of the prophets? Do you understand? He entered such an authority in the spirit realm. His eyes was opened by reason of the anointing. And then chapters later, we see this same Saul con conducting business with the witch of Endor because he had lost the consecration. He had lost the what was needed, the spiritual government that he needed to hold on to so that he could be able to consistently peep into the spirit. He had broken it. He wanted to walk in disobedience, but yet know the will of God. He wanted to walk in sin, but yet know what God's plan was for Israel. You can't eat your cake and have it. You can't play with your consecrations and yet think you can enter the divine. If you do, you are entering through a back door and it will cause your destruction. Saul eventually lost his throne. Saul was tormented by, by, by the enemy. Saul lived a, the latter days of his life was filled with torment and he lost the glory. Even though he sat on the throne, he did not have the glory of the throne anymore. All his people defected to the camp of David, a small boy. They they left him, the first king of Israel, and defected to David's camp. He was grappling by the time he died. This is what happens to a person that enters divination. It is sweet initially, but the end of it is that it will make you um, like a dead man while you are alive. I don't know if you, you are still with me. So, if you have to be able to understand how the government of the spirit realm works. So you can't make a habit. That's why when you go to all these, you know, white garment churches or you go to all these places where 
um, they, are, they are entering the divine, but not through God. Exactly, Eleora, sages, crystals, you know, palm reading, astrology, astronomy, tarot cards, Ouija boards. Stay away from those things. Those are gates and doors that are open to the demonic. They are opening you up. Yes, you will have spiritual encounters, but what you are encountering is not God. It is not God. It is not God. You are taking lessons from Yala Vanzat. Who is she? Who is her God? People that are standing as priestesses over uh, uh, Shango and all these ancient uh, fallen angels that masqueraded themselves as gods to our forefathers. These are people that are revisiting all of these gods and all of these fallen idols and they are taking counsel from their lips. Remember what I told you about the first operation of darkness. They come to darken counsel. Attack the wisdom of God with the foolishness of darkness which looks like wisdom to a fallen man. So you have to be very very careful. Exactly yoga meditation. All of these things are doors in the spirit realm hello 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 okay i'm back all right i don't know it seems like the internet is really poor today okay so um so you can't be a christian and swing between here and there because you have a problem you know you visit a diviner you don't do that so we don't talk to angels we don't do holy michael holy michael holy uriel holy this one and you spend your entire Christianity, studying the different types of angels. Angel Uriel, angel this one, angel... No, we don't need that. I don't need to know the name of an angel. I don't need that. That's not my jurisdiction. They are controlled by God. You understand? And they minister for those that are heads on to salvation. So they partner with me based on my commission that God has given me. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to be very careful about that. Um, now, so um, another thing is that, so the Hebrew word for angels is malak. <coughs> In the Greek, it is angelos. So they comprise, the, the, the malak and the angelos, they comprise of the creators, what, what, what we call the pro protocratic forces, the creators' protocratic forces of creation. Now, you need to understand it, humanity dies people die they exist you know to reassign and so okay now people die they come and we go but the angels don't die so the angels are there to reassign and uphold you know those that are ordained to replace the ones that have died so when god gives a covenant to abraham in the time when he's giving a covenant to abraham there are angels that bear witness and their responsibility is to carry the books of that covenant so that by the time isaac comes and jacob comes and the 12 tribes of israel come they are there to consistently bear witness to that which god said in generations to come so they are guardians over the commands the covenants the promises of god to humanity so even though humans die in 
and even though God gives them a covenant and humans die, angels don't die. So they are eternal and consistently living creatures that bear witness to the word of the Lord over generations. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, now, so when you say that they, they are, they are cre the creator's protocratic forces, let me explain what I mean by pro protocratic. Now, so the word proto is for founding, origin, originating, beginning. That's the meaning of the word proto. And cratics means for rule, government, dominance, and sovereignty. So when we say protocratic, we're saying the founding government, the originating dominance, the beginning sovereignty. You get what I'm saying? So when I say that they are um, protocratic forces, what I'm saying is that there were forces that were put in place some of them from the beginning when God was created, from even before the beginning of the earth that we know, they were existing. Also, they are there to uphold the foundational government and dominance of God. Do you understand? So when you speak about protocratics, we are saying a term that is coined to explain the enduring government of God's creation and the basis of his being properly identified as the almighty God. Because remember, when we speak about God's kingdom, you know, we are not talking about there's the kingdom of the earth, the kingdom of this world. This thing is taking me to different places. Let me go. So there is the kingdom of the earth. And we know that the earth is the land, the sea, the air, all the elements of the earth. So there is the kingdom of the earth and there are rules that govern that kingdom of the earth. You know, so like yesterday I was talking to you people and I was saying, the ground cannot swallow me. I should not and I cannot die in an earthquake. You know, um, the sky, thunder and lightning cannot strike me, should not strike me. Because according to the government of the earth man is made to rule over these things and so these things cannot strike me because according to the government of the earth i am meant to be the custodian over the waters over the seas and all of that this is why when jesus was on the earth jesus walked on water jesus would command jesus would command on um, the waves is to say peace be still Jesus was able to speak to the elements. Jesus was able to turn water into wine because according to the original order of things, man is meant to rule above all of these um, physical elements. So there's a kingdom of the earth. There's a kingdom of this world. Now, when you say this world, we're talking about the cosmos. The cosmos is not the earth. The cosmos is actually um, the entire system that governs the unseen world so there is the cosmos on the earth where we are speaking about powers that rule altars um, um engagements in the spirit realm you know the forces that exist here on earth so within the cosmos so you cannot stand here as a man that is giving jurisdiction within the earth realm and then you begin to say i now begin to command Jup uh, jupiter mars venus that's that's anti-order the things that are inside there will come and kill you because that's not your jurisdiction i don't know if you understand what i'm saying you are not giving authority over that jurisdiction you are giving authority to be part of as a guardian as a custodian to execute god's dominance on the earth 
So there is also within this earth space, there is a cosmos, the unseen rulership and government that controls things on the earth. This is why when people want to enter into politics, one of the things that they do is that they go to um, certain gods and they go into certain places in the spirit realm because they know that the cosmos is what con commands and controls the earth realm. I hope we're together. Uh, okay, so I'm just reading a couple of comments. Somebody said, I have heard people and pastors praying, asking for God to send Angel Michael, Angel Gabriel. Is this allowed? Look, personally, I, I don't ask God to send Angel Michael, Angel Gabriel. Like, I don't see it in the scriptures where God tells a person, pray for Angel Michael to be sent to you. Pray for Angel Gabriel to be sent to you. And besides, these guys are high-ranking angels. These guys are the covering cherubs over the throne of God. These guys don't move. Michael and Gabriel don't move until God tells them to. You understand? So I, 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 I cannot be saying, God, send me Angel Michael. Why would I tell God to send me Angel Michael? I'm going to pray to God. And God knows which angel should be dispatched to me. Do you understand? So I don't understand the workings of the angelic host that much. To and even if I do, I don't have. It's not my right to command archangels. I don't know if I'm getting saying. So you know, the Bible says that even Michael, you know, when he came to claim the body of, or uh, was it Moses, or when he came to claim, who was it? He said he did not even speak to Satan of his own term. Do you understand? He said the Lord rebukes you. You understand? So, um, you have to understand that they operate based on God's command. It's not us that should be telling God, send me and Michael. Why? Do you know what you are really dealing with? Uh -huh. So, but when you pray, you can pray. People, you can get into a space of prayer where you are seeing the spirit realm. You understand? Sometimes when you are seeing the spirit realm, so for people like me who are seers, I see into the spirit realm and sometimes when I'm praying, I'm actually not praying prayer points. I am praying what I am seeing. There's an activity I'm seeing in the realm of the spirit. So I'm saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless you because I know that even now angels muster together in the realm of the spirit. I thank you, Father, because there's a highway open, oh God, for the angelic forces to begin to advance. I thank you, oh God, for Michael, for Gabriel in order, standing, bringing the scribes of your throne and executing it in the form of warfare. I thank you jesus because the angelic host i am not the one commanding them i am standing as a person describing participating with my words to empower what they are doing in the spirit realm it is not me but they move so because my words when it is laid with the spirit of god becomes the instructions of god on the earth they respond to my words also angelic hosts walk with me for my commission but they are not my servants. They are God's servants. I don't know if you get what, what, what we're saying. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let, let, let's keep moving. I just thought to answer that real quickly. Um, so, when we speak about protocratic, it's a term that is going to explain the enduring government of the creator and the basis of his being him being properly identified as the almighty God. And so, I spoke about the kingdom of the earth. I spoke about the kingdom of the world. And there is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus spoke about the kingdom of heaven, which is accessed by revelation. Remember in Matthew, hmm? was it Matthew or in Luke? When 
um, Peter and Jesus was having the conversation with them and he was saying who do men say that I am is it Luke and he says oh you are Jesus the son of the living God it says flesh and blood has not revealed this to you so I said to you guys that means flesh and blood can reveal to you and when Jesus said flesh and blood he wasn't talking about oh sex money no 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 he was talking about the realm of this world where flesh and blood has authority Flesh and blood is you and I, humanity. There is a realm, there is a kingdom, a space where we have authority. He says, flesh and blood is not where this revelation has come from. He says, but my father who is in heaven. So he was speaking about where the revelation had come from. And so he said to Peter, the fact that you had access to this realm to get this revelation, that means you are ready to receive authority to engage and transact with that realm. So to be able to access the kingdom of heaven, you actually need revelation to access the kingdom of heaven. And that's where people get burnt. So you are trying to operate in the authority that a person got by revelation, you are trying to operate in it by religion. So people get burnt like that. That's the, that's, the, that's the problem with tradition and the problem with religion. Religion tradition tells you that the activities that were born out of revelation can be repeated. And so as long as this person did it, you can do it. Just say the same words, use the same white handkerchief. But the day that he said, take the handkerchief from my cloth and take it home, lay it on that child and it shall be healed. It came out of revelation and an engagement with heaven. And so it came out of there. And after that, everybody started selling white, holy white handkerchiefs. And you buy all the holy white handkerchiefs and nothing happens at home. Or you now begin to say, any handkerchief that comes from me, because my spiritual father's handkerchief, not my handkerchief, he, it came from revelation. I hope you are still with me. So I'm sure after the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment that day, many other people would have tried, hey, let me touch the garment, and they were not healed. But the Bible records one woman. She was healed because it came from revelation. And I said to you people yesterday that the realm from where you get revelation determines the realm from where you act in authority or determines the realm that gives you authority to act here on earth. So he says, because it has come from my father who is in heaven, in the verses that was following, Jesus now said to him, he now says, I will give unto you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you lose on earth will be considered losing in heaven. What did that mean? Jesus was saying, because you have gained access into the kingdom of heaven by revelation you now have the right and authority to trade to engage to rule on behalf of heaven it is revelation that gives you access to the kingdom of heaven and so even though we are here on earth but the bible says we are seated with christ in heavenly places far above principalities and powers it is not talking about physical distance it is talking about the distance of authority and dominion that is born out of revelation i hope you are with me prayer rain so it says you are seated with Christ and you say far above principalities and powers because principalities and powers operate from the realm of the cosmos
But there is a place where the kingdom of heaven is that is above them. And once you are, you, you enter into the revelation of the fact that you are seated there, you, you, you can teach a sermon like I am teaching with authority and boldness, knowing that the authority with which you are instructing the hearts of God's people is not coming from the cosmos, is not coming from the earth, is not coming from the waters, from the rivers, from the stars, the moon and the sun. It is coming from the heavens where the throne and administration of God is. So what I am teaching you is a heavens administration sermon. So that because if you can enter it, you can be it, you can operate in it. This is why when Elisha said to Elijah, give me a double portion of what you carried. Elijah could sense that Elisha was entering something. Elisha was perceiving. Elisha was smelling the aroma of where Elijah was going to. And so it impacted the way Elisha acts. Before then, Elisha was following Elijah everywhere. Where you go, I will go. I will follow you. Elisha, go back. No, 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 I'm not going back. You say you're going home. I'm following you. Elisha did not even know what he was asking for. He could not ask right because he wasn't yet seen right. By the time they were getting closer to the departure of Elijah, so something has started happening in the atmosphere. The atmosphere has started changing. The earth has started peeling away and divine life had started coming. So Elisha, by reason of proximity to Elijah, who was slowly entering into the the, 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 the life to come was able to sense that mm -mm, it's like it's possible to touch double portion because the heavens have started opening so Elijah looked at him and could tell that ah this guy is, is, is already perceiving where I'm going to and he said to him if you can see me leave then you can touch it why because Elijah knew where he was going to and he knew that access to what Elijah was asking for was going to be a product of his ability to see it revelation that's why we cannot preach this sermon. We cannot teach these things. We cannot talk about the things to come or the kingdom to be built without talking about the spirit of revelation. That's why it's impossible to walk with me if you don't have revelation. You will consistently judge my actions and judge my decisions from the place of, ah, uh, uh, eh, but why are we doing it? Did we not do it like this? Hmm, this money we want to spend. This, uh, rubbish behavior you have to understand that the decisions of that move the heavens and the earth and kingdom decisions are not born from flesh and blood they are born from the divine life they are born from heaven and so when you are touching you and you cannot operate and work for heaven if you yourself are not in heaven he says he that is from above is above all so jesus consistently spoke on earth as though he was somewhere else so it is where you stand where you dwell where you live that is what determines the power with which you reign on this earth so you have to consistently be above you have to consistently be above set your heart in the things that are above you set it you wake up daily you remind yourself the rivers of his presence the rivers of his throne we enter into the council of heaven for i have come to zion the city of the living god what am I doing? I'm setting. Setting my affections. Setting my desires. Setting my vision. Setting my hope. Setting my expectation. To come from where? Heaven. To come from where? Zion. To come from where? Above. 
you set it. Why do you have to set it daily and consistently? Because the flesh is consistently at war with the spirit. Your, your flesh sometimes will just drive you into a place that the spirit is not. So consistently you have to set it like a radio station. You'll be tuning the channel. Tuning. You are looking for 98.5. But you will first pass 97.2. It will tell you some things you, you'll be hearing. Oh, it doesn't really matter. Prayer is not, it's not really the key. You know, it's about the Bible study. You, mm, you, you will tune it again. Mm, mm, mm. It's almost there, but they still lie. You continue to tune. You will not be hearing. Yes, you can access the spirit realm. Just go and watch all of Oprah's shows. You will hear deep wisdom. It's about deep wisdom. It's not really about all this spiritual thing. Hey, we're almost there. We're looking for 99.5. But you hit it, you will know when you hit the rivers. Because at that point, it is no longer being carried by your human imaginations. It is your life is no longer being carried by, you know, who do you know? Who can you talk to? How much do you have? How many friends do you have? What do people say about you? No, you are now carried by a different stream. You know when you hit it. Until you have set your affections, do not make decisions on behalf of the kingdom. Always make sure that it is set above. So, there is the kingdom of heaven. And then there is the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is not... What's the time? Oosh, okay. So, I haven't even entered the sermons on angels yet. Anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll just move. So, the kingdom of God is not about um, the earth, the moon, or just heaven. The kingdom of God is much larger, is much bigger, it's grander, it is more expansive. It covers all the territories where the authority of God is known and respected. So you then realize that the kingdom of heaven covers everything and everywhere. I'm sorry, the kingdom of God covers everything and everywhere. So it is not just the earth. It is not just the heavens. It's everywhere. The known world, the unknown world, the, this life, the life to come, the domain of time, the domain of eternity. All of it, the kingdom of heaven spans through it all. Even in hell, the kingdom of heaven is there. It speaks about God's authority, God's dominion, God's rulership. This is why you will hear people say they had visions when they went to hell and God came and pulled them out. Or you say Jesus came in there and brought them out. Or Jesus takes a person on an excursion to hell. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven has authority even in hell. Has authority even in the underworld. I hope we are still together. Hello, prayer and community. You are with me. Why Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So you then, um, you then realize why, um, when Jesus came, Jesus kept preaching about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Why was he preaching about the kingdom of God? Because the authority with which number one, the authority with which he was going to walk was not just the authority of the earth, the cosmos, or heaven he was going to walk with the authority of God's kingdom because Jesus was going to enter into realms and into places so that he was going to go and reset 
God's dominance that man had sold out. He was going to go and reset it. Now, um, why have we spoken about all these different kingdoms? Because remember what I said protocratics is, a term that is going to explain the enduring government of God, the creator, and the basis of him being properly identified as the almighty God. The almighty God. So when you think, when you think about angels, we imagine them based on the limitation of the knowledge we have. So our knowledge is limited. So we know, oh, um, the year 1805 existed. Oh, the year 2000 BC. But what were the things that existed before that? Before calendar kicked in, as we know calendar, what existed? Scientists would test the rocks and tell you that the earth is millions of years old. So what does that mean? Who are the people that recognize this? Do we know the worlds that even exist past our universe? You know, so past this galaxy, past this universe, past our multi-universes. All kinds of worlds exist that they still cannot explain why all these planets are there. They don't know what is contained in them. They keep saying there's no sign of life. Who, who knows the air that the life then breathes? Who knows the kind of oxygen that angels breathe? It's not our oxygen. So which life are you looking for? You are looking for signs of human life and plant life and animal life as we know it. The genetic makeup that determines if there's life as we know it on other planets. But there's not necessarily life as we know it. Because we do not know the basics and the foundation of their own existence. So there is all of that. So thinking about that vastness of all of creation, you then have to understand the vastness of angels' responsibility. And when I say angels, because as we go further on, we're not just going to be talking about angels as we know it. We're talking about the cherubs, the watchers, because there are different orders in the heavens. So remember, I said proto means um, originating. Kratics means government, rule, dominance. So the two, these two words stems put together define clearly the role of God in his creation and the basis for his preeminence in all things. Do you understand? So the word protocratic helps us to describe God's superiority, you know, and is understood in the fact that he established the ground for his own sovereignty. It is not us that determines that God is sovereign. He is the one that established the grounds for his sovereignty. Do you understand? Because he is and he was and before all things, he consists and all things consist in him. And who is the him we know? So God, who is the eternal life, the eternal being, the eternal force, who has a heart? Because what all this new age religion tends to do is that they, is that they, try, they try to extrapolate the person of God and remove personality from him, from him and call him the force of creation and call him the force of life and call him the, 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 the force of all things that are. And they try to remove a personality from God. But yes, he is the wellspring of life. He is the force of all creation. It is in him that eternity and eternal things dwell. It is he, in him that time has, uh, uh, has manifested from. He is the one 
God. He is the bank. He is the incubator of souls. He is the creator of the stories of all men. He is the one that crafts the path. He is the one that knows the road through which souls move from the spirit realm into physical existence. Yes, he is the one. He is the bridge of life. He is the bridge between life and death. He is the one. But he is not a thing. He is not just an operating system. He is not just um, a, 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 a structure in the spirit realm. He is also a being that has a heart, that has a life, that has a spirit, that has a soul. He can be grieved. He can be happy. He laughs. He has joy. He has personality. And because he is, we are. So we come from the personality of God. And so if you take personality away from God, human beings become depraved beings that can do whatever they want. And so these religions will say, oh, you can be gay. You can sleep with whatever you want. You can sleep with animals. You can, you can marry your gates. You can marry your fan. You know, it doesn't matter because the force is with you. Once you take personality away from God, you take values, virtues, and personality away from humanity. It's a danger. It comes down to the same thing, divination. I hope we're together. So he is sovereign. He is before all, in all, by all. All things consist in him. The entire systems that hold the worlds and the universes together are within him. He is the most intelligent. In fact, the idea of intelligence is embedded in the person of God. But he is not just these things. He is a being, a God that has a heart. The Bible describes him. He says, for God is love. God is love. He has a heart. He has a heart. So his, his nature, his beating heart is beating out the excellency of his stone, the excellency of his power, the glory of his nature is beating towards me. It's beating for me. It's beating because of me. Everything, he loves me with the, the, with the grandness of his throne, with the greatness of his might. He encapsulates us with his love and he gives us the fortification of everything that he is and everything that he he can do and everything that he can be. Do you understand who you are? Do you understand the excellency with which you are loved? It is the heart of God that is your guarantee in this world and in the world to come. If he does not have a heart, we are judged by a heartless system. We all will end up in desolation. But because he has a heart, because he loves us, we know that he can forgive us. We know that his mercies are enduring. Because he controls time, his mercies can be new every morning. He, he does not tire out in love you he does not he doesn't grow weary because he doesn't walk by the seasons of man you are loved by an eternal everlasting being whose muscles do not grow weak do you understand what I'm talking about he is the excellency of strength he is the excellency of grace he is the excellency of power he is the excellency of wisdom and you are the apple of his eyes Kele Mazonda
For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. He loved your children. He loved your generations that he gave himself for you. This God, this mighty God, this great God that controls all things. The angels stand and they marvel. What at man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Ah! Even the angels, they stand to learn from our lips. They learn the mercy of God. They stand to learn the power of God. They stand to learn the greatness of God at our lips. Sombra, isombre gedele de kapa, shandure baba baba kota, iskombra tele tala kapa. Can you bask in the love of God this morning? Can you bask in the love of God this morning? Can you bask in the love of God this morning? Arekatus kera baba basanta. Oh, shanda rekatala baso kreketelata. Arekatus kera dambarokosa. You are good and your mercies endure forever. You are good and your mercies endure forever. Oh, great are you, O oh God, the God of the heavens and the earth. We refute the lies of hell. We refute the torments of darkness that say you are not good enough. That say God does not love you enough. That demonic satanic measurement by which Satan is making you measure your life. I pull it down by the mercies of the blood. You are loved by God. 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 Can we just lift up a song to the Lord? Sombregi kaskafeli anabrako sokarabaha. Korebo shukurib karabasokabaha. Ore papa baraka so katalaka. E sonde re kapara kasatalaka no mosekaba. Coming up to me, I shall never die. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming up to me, There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming up to me, there's no shadow you won't light up. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming up to me, there's no wall you won't kick. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming up to me, there is no shadow you won't light. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me, there's no wall you won't kick, there's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. 
coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love. Oh, it teaches me down, fights till I'm found. Leaves a 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you gave yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Because the one who loves you is yes. never ending. Yes. And so, Father, we bless you yes. and we glorify your name. Yes, Lord. Because you are God and you are King. You are mighty and you are great. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Korene mashkavilas kevahai. Paso vaziba aseveve. Kolimbrande kisko babaya. Shava. Shevevelianda. Kronde biska baradishka enteve kilanda baroske. All the glory must go back to the Lord. So when we stand to teach about the government of the heavens, we are not here to glorify the created things. We are here to glorify the one who creates them all. We are here to worship at the feet of the sovereign one. We are here to worship the heart of the creator who gives us all these benefits in the heavenly places that we may bask in them, that we may rejoice in his love towards us. It is God. It is God. It is God. It is God. God, yes. it is God, yes. it is God, yes. Jesus, the eternal King, that we worship with our yes. teachings. And so, Karema Oskebelahai. Father, I pray for anyone on this call who is struggling with your love, who is struggling to remember, struggling to understand, struggling to believe your love towards Him, who is struggling, oh God, to remember that indeed you have paid a great and a mighty price for him. Father, I ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you give the spirit of revelation should hit this call even now, oh God, that such a person will be able to see and feel and remember the weight of your sacrifice. That they will remember that they'll be able to weigh it when they gauge, when they gauge the things that they should engage in, in the realm of the spirit, they can weigh your love and weigh your heart and weigh your sacrifice as weightier and heavier than anything else. Father, le commando si. This is the knowledge that enables men to turn away from sin. This is the revelation that enables people to say, Jesus is worth it 10 times more. This is the capacity for people to say, Jesus, I lay myself at your feet because you realize that your beloved is more beautiful than 10,000 of them all. Father, cause everyone on this call to receive the revelation of your love. And Father, I... Just rebuke the lying tongue of darkness, the one that darkens counsel to steal identity from men, to steal strength from men, to steal capacity from sons. Father, the one that darkens counsel, that he may pull them away from the realm of glory into the domain of death. Father, I shut that door and I lock that gate in the name of Jesus. And as they cast, they are being cast out even now, and as they are leaving the spirits, leaving the 
hearts, live in the mind, live in the souls, live in the bodies of your people. I declare that the gate is closed and sealed Amen. by the blood of Jesus. And so, Father, even as you declare the dawning of a new day, we decree that we enter it by the strength of your word Amen. and by the strength of the revelation of who you are yes. in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Ah, praise Jesus. I, I, I would like to go on, but I can't because I know we all have to. We have to get to work. We have to get to um, all these different places that we have been entrusted with, you know. So as you go, um, I, I want you to understand that these messengers, you know, that these messengers have been entrusted with the Lord's physical kingdom you know so these messengers the angels they've been entrusted with god's um physical kingdom you know and are bound by the construction and design to obey and serve the creator no matter what so the angels can say oh i don't like Isi, so you know i'm not going for her meeting you know i'm not going to i'm not going to allow you know the presence of god to move they don't have that they move based on the instructions of god they are bound by construction and design to obey and serve the creator no matter what do you get this is why they marvel this is why they ask questions like what that man that thou art mindful of him because an angel will see somebody do something now and say lord have mercy on me forgive me and god will say dispatch 1100 angels go 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 and help them defeat uh, the people that are trying to stand against his business and the angels are like god is it that you did not did you not just see what he just did and god is like move so by design they, they, they respect the creator's will. Do you understand? So um, early in your life as a believer or a minister or a Christian or a person that God has entrusted with a portion of his kingdom, with his vision, one of the things that you have to keep your eye on is that God has got invincible angels. You have to remember, because remember, we're talking about the dawning of a new day. And I was talking about the role that creation plays. And that I was talking about the role that the angel, angels plays and the agents in the heavens. So you have to keep your eye. As we're talking about this new day we are entering, this new season we're entering, keep your eye on the fact that God has got invincible agents. While you are feeling weak, while you are feeling sad, while you are thinking, oh, you know, I don't know what to do. My life, you know, I, I just don't think God has called me. Remember. You do not stand alone. You do not war alone. You have come to Zion, the city of the living God. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come into a place where there is an, in, you know what I mean? Innumerable means countless, countless, countless number, order of angels. While the servant was shaking and saying, the master, hey, master, they've come to kill us. The king has sent a battalion of soldiers. Elisha just looked at him like, see this small boy. After he said, God, please, please open his eyes so that he will see. It's the same way when I am about to move to do a walk, or like now I'm doing Mount of Deborah in America, one of my biggest prayers is God, open the eyes of everybody walking with me. Because I don't want to say, see what we should do. And somebody will be telling me, we're well, actually, Pierre, you know, we have to consider. Because, you, you know, $4,000, $10,000, see what we should do. Can you see? Can you see the vast array? Can we pray for sight first before we make decisions? Can we enter the spirit to even see 
what is reserved. I usually tell people that you see this thing they call work on earth and this thing they call vision and assignment. It's just an opportunity for God to groom you into the person of God. I don't know if that makes any sense. Because if there is no opportunity for exercising godliness, you don't arrive on the level of being a God. So there must be opportunity. So God made man, put his breath within man, made him in his image and in his likeness. But what does God give him? Garden to tend it, to keep it, to till it. Can God not make the garden everything it's supposed to be? Did God not command the ground to bring trees and command the waters to bring fish? The garden did not really need man like that. God could have done it. But you see, man cannot arrive at authority if man does not have the opportunity to be tested. So every time you are tested in work, in labor, in vision, you are just grooming your muscles onto godliness. So when you realize that you are beginning to judge a vision from the flesh, what you should know is that God is giving you an invitation for a higher level of faith, for a higher level of revelation, strategy, understanding on how to pull things, draw things, how to arrange things in the spirit realm, to see what is available, to see what is not. Every time you are getting weak, every time you are beginning to now judge your life or to now judge how you should do by the flesh, just know that God is inviting you higher into the spirit. Because when you see, when you know, you will do it differently. You will do it differently. This is why you look through the Bible. You see that people risk themselves senselessly. But the Bible wrote it in the book of Hebrews by faith. <laughs> by faith. By faith, by faith, the just lives only by faith. Why? Not because God wants the just to be crying, God, I have faith. No! The reason why the just lives by faith is because the resources of the just is in the unseen realm. And to access the unseen realm, you access it by faith. This is why the just lives by faith. Because if the just looks around them, the just will never do anything. So the just has to enter where their resources are, where their power is, where their glory is, where their authority and honor is. It is from there that the just lives. If the just lives from anywhere, the just can never do what they are called to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? So every single thing in this life, we execute by faith. By faith, I believe that the God who says go to America and declare that the mantle of Deborah has come. I believe that that God, thousands of years before I was born, already ordained for the 28th and 29th to be a to be two days of impartation and the release of prophetic mantles. I know it and I do it by faith. I access his understanding that there are angels that stand guard over the declaration of the word of the Lord. Deborah might have existed thousands of years ago, but guess what? Remember what I told you in the beginning? There are guardians that stand over the promises of God and the declaration of the word of the Lord to make sure that even though man dies, the promises never die. You get what I'm talking about? So I am not engaging with a thing that I, that originated from me. I am engaging with a thing that originated from the throne of God. So the throne is obligated to back up the word of the Lord. So when the Lord begins to move your heart and says, this mantle of Deborah, I want you to give $10,000, $50,000. do not go and be saying, ah, but Pastor AC, I'm not sure. This is her gold hair. Listen, it's not me. You are backing. It is an eternal truth. It is an eternal order, an eternal instruction that predates me. That what that is before me. So 
I say these things to encourage you so that those of you in America and those of you that are planning to come from different parts of the world understand what you are coming to. And then, you know, maybe another day when we teach about gates in the dawning of a new day, the way gates are opened for a new day, you will begin to understand the gate of America. There are so many things happening in that nation, but there is something about the destiny of the land and the preordination of God and the gates of that nation that has the capacity to cause the river of God to flow in certain dimensions through the earth. There is something. There is something that the Lord is doing. So I encourage you, this is opportunity to encourage everybody to join me. Don't miss the month. If you haven't registered, register. Ugh. Register. Send the link. Your aunties, your friends, your sisters, your brothers, your uncles, the person that you know on LinkedIn, the person that follows you on Instagram, put up the flyer. Let us not operate like people that are working with the kingdom of darkness. Oh, it's not my meeting. What is wrong with you? Put up the flyer. Put the link. What is the meaning? It's not my meeting. Am I doing this meeting for Shongo? Am I doing it for, uh, uh, for, for, for Harumila? I'm doing it for Jesus. It is our meeting. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It is ours. And I, I remember I said to people some days ago, I said, please, I don't want to be your side chick minister. That you come to drink from in the morning. You come to receive deep revelation and write powerful things. You know how many people preach my... If, <laughs> people tell me about how they preach my sermons in their churches. I say, P.I., when I preach, I, I, say, I say, go ahead. Preach it. That's the way it should be. Just if I tell them that I'm about to share with you deep truths that have never been spoken anywhere before. I say, feel free. Take it. It is yours. Nobody is the custodian of God's revelation. It comes through me to go to the world. Preach it as your own. Just what I'm talking about. So, um, it, because I don't want to be your side chick. You understand? You, you hide me. The world does not know that you, you listen to me. Just <laughs> When you even see the flyer on Instagram, you pass it. You don't put it up on your stories. Make an announcement. The Bible says the Lord gave his word. Great was the company of day that published it. Be part of the company that publishes it. Let me see the flyer everywhere on IG. Let my stories be burning with the mantle of Deborah. Unless you don't believe. If you believe these words that have come from my mouth, then participate in it. See, the truth is, whether or not you participate, it will happen. It will come to pass. But the question is, will you have a portion in it? It's that simple. It's littered all over the Bible. Where the Lord will say, oh, whether you believe it or not, it's going to happen, but you have no portion in it. To have a portion in it doesn't mean you were physically there. To have a portion in it means that in the books, when it is recorded, of the men they gave themselves in war for the sake of the mantle of Deborah, your name will be recorded. Remember, Deborah has a song. It's the same way that me too, I will write my song before I die. And I will talk of the great generals across the earth and the people that gave themselves for the sake of the mantle of Deborah. And as I seal it here on earth, it shall be sealed in heaven. Just, and all of us together, we have a reward together. Somebody, one of my people was saying to me yesterday, said, I said, oh, P.I., ah, God has opened America to you. God has opened the Northern, Northern America to you. And I said to her, I said, God has not opened it to me. God has opened it to us. I said, there is no me without your labor. 
I said, and everywhere I enter, I say, sign to you that you are entering there too. I say, it's not to me, it's to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so one of them was just telling me about how her cousin went somewhere in Canada and was hearing some people talk about how this woman, Pastor Isi, has blessed her. <laughs> said the way the cousin sat on it and said, yeah, yeah, she's part of our family. Um, you know, yeah, she's very close to us. You know, that, yeah, Pastor Isi is a... I said, please, this your cousin, do I know her? She said, Pia, you have... <laughs> You have not seen her before. She said she just sat on this because she knows that I know you. I, I said, fan, I love. I said, I said, look, I love it. If I tell her to say, well, I'm going to call her now, you know, I said, it's fine. I said, because it's an advancement of the throne of our father. It's an advancement of the throne of our father. I am but one man giving an instruction, but it is an army that completes the instruction. So I encourage you, be that army. Be that army. One day, you see this thing we are doing, it will stop. It's not going to be forever. The vision is going to mutate into a different form. It is but for a while that we have the mandate to declare and announce. After the announcement will be establishment. In that day, I will not ask you to help me. Because by then, God would have raised an army everywhere. But now that I need help, will you abandon me? Will you abandon God? Will you abandon the mantle? Don't hear these things and be blessed by me and harden your hearts. Call, ask, P.I., what do you need? Check out what I'm saying. Three days ago, I was telling people about how, oh, you know, I'm saying people, I'll see you in America. Me, I'm saying, I'll see you. I don't have tickets. But my ticket was sorted out yesterday. Don't harden your heart. Ask, what shall I do? How can I participate? Where can I bear up your hand? Call Pastor Bambi. Ask Pastor Stephanie. For the mantle of Deborah, I want to give. There's PayPal. There's Zelle, if you're in America. There are different ways strengthen the vision i'm asking you because like i said it's not going to be for long and i know what i'm talking about the clarion call is for a season after the clarion call is the galvanizing of the army for battle so while we are here doing this join the holy announcement of god and get your people to be there if there is the link for registration, please put it on all the prayer ring groups or put it here now. Let people register and put it on your stories. Put it everywhere. Ask people to register to be part of the conference. And I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we will continue on this journey of what is in the heavens and how things operate in the heavens. You know, and like I said, remember... Every time that God gives you a work, he's giving you an opportunity, an invitation to grow in the nature of godliness, how to operate as a God. God saw darkness everywhere, but God said, light be. That's a God. That's how a God works. But you don't arrive there until you have made faith a practice and a culture. Do you understand? So every time there's challenge and God tells you, yes, I can see that there's no road. But Moses, stretch out your hand. Stop crying out to me. Just stretch out your hand. The sea will pass. God is training you. So the miraculous becomes easy for you by the trainings of faith. Tomorrow I will see you. We will continue our journey as I keep explaining to you 
what God's sovereignty and God's rule looks like and the different categories of the angelic host. Remember, we are not glorifying these beings. We are glorifying the God who made them and set them in order. It is God that we are glorifying. As you go, I pray that God blesses you. I pray that God keeps you. I pray that God increases you in the knowledge of his will. Um, this Friday, Prayer Rain is having a vigil at the Influence Hub at our office. And it's called Until You Bless Me. It is the journey from um, Bethel to Peniel and the evolution of Jacob in the new day. And also, you guys know that I wrote a book. I withdrew it from Amazon for a season because we had to make some edits. I'm withdrew from Amazon, from Kindle, from all the whatever, because we're making some edits on it. And the book should be ready by next week. You know, so once it's out, I'm going to let you guys know that the book is back out. And the book is on transitions. It's called From Here to There, Making Successful Transitions. And the reason why is because you cannot enter a new day if you don't know how. There are protocols for entering the new day. All of these things are captured in the book. So when it's back out, we're going to put the announcements. Um, we're going to put the link on all the prayer ring groups, put it everywhere. So make sure you get the book. You can get hard copies with Amazon. Um, and then when I come to America, of course, I'm going to bring copies um, with me. Um, so you can get the physical copies also when I come or you can get it from Amazon. But remember, it's not available now. But in this time next week, you should be able to order it again because we had to pull it down to make um, some edits and clean it up, you know, and just make sure that things are, are properly in place. And um, people have spoken to me to run the course, the shift again. So I will be running the shift in the month of August in the second weekend in August so I'm gonna put up later this week maybe by Thursday I'm gonna put up the link to be able to register for the shift the shift is a course on how to make successful transitions I teach you for about 18 hours within the space of three days on how to successfully transition now remember I'm a teacher I'm a trainer I'm a coach I'm certified under the John Maxwell so I have my training institute but one of the things i do is that i consistently back up on my teaching materials with scriptures i i i, do, I draw all my materials from scriptures and i create my materials myself i don't use people i don't me myself i'm in material you understand that so we have you know lesson guides lesson notes all kinds of things you know um that we will use um in the training of the shift so i will invite you to register once it's up i think by thursday or when i don't know i'll ask the team they should be able to put it up so the shift we're going to run it again so for those of you who are in a season where you feel like you are making a move you are making a transition um you feel like you need to understand how to um, to, to basically to make that change or to enter into that new thing or you have God has given you a new role or God has given you a new position and you want knowledge and wisdom and strategies on how you can engage on that level and how you can make the move. That course is for you. But remember, Isi Benedicta courses are paid courses. It's my business. It's my training school. So when we put it up, I'll let you know. You pay for the course. You'll be part of it. It's going to run in the month of August. Um, and yes, and in the beginning of the year, I was supposed to reopen coaching, but I didn't. I remember the year is the year of the great shift and the rise of his builders. Uh, so I was supposed to do a 12 week coaching program for builders across the world. 
and I, I stalled on it because I didn't feel it was the right time. But Academy of the Builders, which is a 12-week coaching program, is going to open at the end. It's going to open this month, but we're going to start at the end of August. So plan to be part of that. And for 12 weeks, I'm going to be taking you on this journey of what it means to build. And of course, I'm going to be teaching you things on building while engaging the forces of the heavens here on earth, how to build, how to download divine blueprints, how to enter into the mind of the spirit, how to translate inspiration to manifestation. All of those things who I will teach you and train you for 12 weeks on the Academy of the Builders. So from across the world, I want you to join me for the Academy. It's going to be for it's a long time. You're going to have projects, assignments, you know, all kinds of things, groups and all. So I look forward to that. Once all of this are open, um, I will let you know and you can be part of them. But for now, go to work. Have a great day. Have a wonderful day. And we will continue our teaching tomorrow. God bless you. I love you. And I am committed to learning truth, to growing in truth, so that I can consistently impart your life and I can consistently bless you and give you everything that God has called you to have in this life. Keep me in your prayer. Keep my family in your prayer, you know, and as you do so, um, God will increase all of us. I remember any increase in my life is our increase because we're journeying together. God bless you, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Love you. Have a great day. Bye.